Glory be to God. Here we go. Here we go. We have a message today. I believe we have a message today. Yes, we have a message because we carry the message. Who is the message? The Lord Jesus Christ. He is the message. And so we always have a message to the world. And that is that Jesus is risen indeed from the grave. And when he rose up, we were raised up together with him into brand new life. And so Dominion Sonship about discovery of this brand new life that we have in Christ. And for months now, well, I'm thinking maybe about two and a half for sure is we've been talking about the mind of Christ. And, and last night I had a sense of a shifting of a gear and I don't believe we have even a touched upon the mind of Christ after at least eight messages. There's so much more, the more I, especially now that I read the word, having spoken on the mind of Christ, it's ever opening up and unveiling to me. So we'll still stay on the mind of Christ, but God shifted gears a tad and um, wanted me to focus on the Holy Spirit. I, I spoke, um, the message from last week was, do not refuse the mind of Christ. And there we look, especially in the book of Hebrews, it talks about um, the disobedience of the Israelites. And their disobedience was because they hardened their hearts against the voice of God. And so every time we harden our hearts against the voice of God, we are actually grieving the Holy Spirit. We are grieving God. And we know about the Trinity, and that's a divine mystery, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so often we, we recognize that when we talk about the mind of Christ, we're really talking about the intent of the Father. We're talking about the mind of God. We're talking about this master working of divine wisdom and, and divine I love the word orchestration because it is truly like an orchestra and, and how everything under conduction of a singleness of thought spurs out a multitude of thoughts and reactions and, and actions. And, and, and now we as born again children of God are very much part of that interaction of thought. We're very much part of that aliveness of thought. We're very much part of that, I, I think of orchestras and the camera, the just the, the certain parts of the instruments and the sections of the instruments. And I think of the body of Christ. You've got the violin section, you've got, you know, the drums and you, you have all the different stringed instruments and the trombones and the voice instruments. Like you have, you have a wide section of a great working and there is a conductor that conducts this awesome sound that makes all these different instruments sound as one and they release a melody of glory that can transport you and take you places oh of of bliss and that the orchestrator the the man the mind that moves and brings about the singleness of sound that transports us into glory is the mind of christ the very intent of father god that he, before the foundation of the world, foreknew us. And he predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. That we be never abundant. That we be never left alone. That we be never rejected. That we be found in him forever. How? Placed in the body of Christ. Well, who has baptized us in the body of Christ? The mighty Holy Spirit. So here, the title today is Holy Spirit 
speaks the mind of Christ. Holy Spirit speaks the mind of Christ. Let's go to First Corinthians. I believe it is. If it's not in first, it would be in second. <laughs> Don't have this one bookmarked, but it just stands out to me to read. All right, it's second Corinthians. Yeah. Second Corinthians two fourteen. Oh, let's start at 12. Furthermore, when I came, here we see an orchestration. And um, we'll see from where it will go from here. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened to me by the Lord, I had no rest in my spirit because I did not find Titus, my brother. But taking my leave of them, I departed from Macedonia. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. So I want to focus always leads us in triumph in Christ. I'll finish the just the thought, but then we'll, we'll come back to this one. What I just said always leads us in triumph in Christ. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. So, so, so his lead is into triumph in Christ. And this lead is triumphantly to release a fragrance of his knowledge in every place. And so we are here seeing a, a master thought. We are here seeing a, a purpose to each one in the body of Christ that we have been placed individual members fitly joined together in the oneness of the body of Christ. And the purpose for each and every one is this divine orchestration that we are led now, we know, by the Holy Spirit. We are led by the Holy Spirit and that lead is always in triumph in Christ. What does it mean to be led in triumph in Christ? And then to tie together with releasing the knowledge of God. Well, the lead is truly in the triumphant mind of Christ. That we are walking out plans and really mysteries to us until they are unveiled. That I have been pre-thought, premeditated, predetermined, pre-known by God. And now the Holy Spirit searches these thoughts of God and starts this divine movement through the born-again child of God that has, the, has become now a residence, has now become an abode to the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit would lead us, would move us, will, will, will make a motion through us. And this is a triumphant motion. And this triumphant motion is in Christ. His lead is always in Christ. His lead is never in the world's knowledge, but his lead is always in Christ because in Christ are all the mysteries. In Christ is all the wisdom of God. That's what Paul writes. In Christ, Christ is the power of God. Why? Because he is the message of salvation. And so this lead that is of the Holy Spirit. Now, thanks be to God, back to verse 14, who always, that word always, ought to be seasoned in that word always in the context of this 
verse. It does not matter what it looks like. You have an always lead that's always in triumph in Christ. You have a word that's established before the foundations in the world that's sealed by the precious blood of Christ. It's a covenant word that never shall perish, never shall change, never shall deter or change its mind on what God has determined for me. And this is that always I'm led in triumph in Christ. I'm always led in these divine mysteries of God. And as I dwell and, and plummet the depth of this glory word, I'm becoming a message of Christ. I'm becoming an open door as he opened the door to Paul. Now Paul is the open door to Christ, uh, to Christ to preach through him. Now thanks be to God if there's nothing that we can think about to be thankful, we can come to this verse, that we have the Holy Spirit who is leading us, who is leading us in triumph in Christ. It's not in triumph, uh, I'm going to win an argument. I'm just going to win an argument. I'm letting triumph in every moment. I'm trumping this argument. No. It's in divine mysteries of resurrection life. It's in divine mysteries of who lives in me. It is a triumph that takes me deeper into this assurance that we call faith. That is the triumph. That is what has overcome the world. The triumph that we're talking about is this living faith. That the faith of the Son of God will be given a full expression through us as the Holy Ghost is ever navigating us. And as this divine life is given an expression through us, what are we becoming? Through us is what? Diffuse the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. Not in some places. This word is literal. If it says every place, it means everywhere I am. Everywhere. Not sometimes, not somewhere, not, not when I'm in church, not when I'm in my home. No, everywhere I am, I am re a releaser of a fragrance of glory. Why? Because he has led me in my moments, in my understandings, in this triumph of Christ. This is the backbone of the believer. This, this is what is keeping us upright, is this triumph of Christ. That he, he spoiled powers and principalities. Every evil insinuation has been destroyed. So that now there's only triumph. That I'm only walking in these pathways of the mind of Christ. We have for, oh, I should count the messages, but it's been, I'm thinking, ten. Of the mind of Christ. Go back, listen. Go back, listen. Because this is, this message, this message is, is flowing out of those messages. That this divine mind is truly the backbone of faith. Because just shall walk by faith. 
I walk in the backbone of my Jesus. I walk in the backbone of my Savior. I walk in the backbone of this divine persuasion that if he be for me, who can ever be against me? Not even my flesh. Not even my flesh. Not even my flesh. Not even my carnal mind. And there might be a season where I might it, might, it might seem like my flesh is dominating me. Now, what does the word say? Thanks be to God who always leads me. Doesn't matter what it seems like. You are triumphing over it. You are overcoming it. You are not stuck in it. But you are led. To be led, it means I'm not not led. Meaning, I'm not on park mode. To lead someone, you take them by the hand and you lead them. It is a walk. I'm just walking through it. I'm walking past it. Bye. Right? Now that's the confidence that we have. That no matter what it seems like, and there's a lot of seems like, and there's many wonderful people that would tell you exactly what you thought it seems like. There'll be many voices that will validate what you thought it seems like. And so now it seems like it starts getting a bit more firm to, it is. No, it's not. No, it's not because there's only one truth where God's concerned and where we as born again children are concerned. There's only one truth and it is decreed and declared by the spirit of truth who is the Holy Spirit. And he only leads us into truth. And so if the truth is that I'm always led in triumph in Christ, what well, I choose to believe the truth. Who would choose to believe a lie? Knowing it's a lie. Unfortunately, sometimes and oftentimes and most times, lies don't come across with big title, bold letters, lie. I'm a lie. Reject me. I'm a lie. No, no. It's subtle. It's subtle. It's sugar-coated. It's sugar-coated. It's sweet to the flesh. But now we have who? The Holy Spirit. Whom do we have? We have been sealed until this day of redemption. We've been sealed. We've been sealed when we were raised together with him by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we can have a brand new reality. And now by this divine mind that I'm being led, I'm being led because we, we, we've looked of over many weeks what Paul writes to Corinthians, that we now have the mind of Christ. And right after he said that the Spirit of God searches the deep things of God. He knows the mind of God and he's bringing, he's revealing the mind of God to us. And so when we are led, led by the Holy Spirit, we are led into all truth. We are led by the mind of Christ. We are led by a determined determination that is fully established before the foundations of the world. It is how it is, and it will be exactly as God has planned it to be. The earth be shaken and, and all things go top topsy-turvy. It doesn't matter because there's only one abiding truth that will not be shaken, and that is the truth of the Word of God. And if the Word says that He is always leading me in triumph in Christ, and that I am now diffusing the fragrance of this knowledge 
of his knowledge of who he is in every place. In every place. We're not just mere someones in some place. Our places are firmly defined by God. Why? Because we are led. We are led into these stations of life. We are led in these paths of life. And yeah, there are certain uh, oppositions. There are certain moments where we get distracted and miss a lead. But he is so good and he's so far greater than us. Of my outer man, greater is he that's in me, in me, in us, the born again child of God, than the one that's in the world. So no matter how many times we've tripped up, we're coming up, we're coming up, we're coming up. Why? Because we are led in triumph in Christ always. Always is always. It's never sometimes. And it's in every place. In every place, in every place, even in the place that you thought you failed, even in that place, triumph, triumph, you're going to be led out of that into pure triumph in Christ. You know why? Because you, you it will dawn by the power of the Holy Ghost to your mind. I'm a child of God. I don't have to be here. I don't have to be subjected to, to, to this. I don't have to. I do have a choice. And yeah, yeah, my flesh is so engaged. It seems I'm on park mode and I don't want to leave. No, we're coming up. Resurrection life lives in us. Resurrection life lives in us. He is risen indeed. And with his rising, we've been raised to this new, new divine thought, this expression of God. So my title is Holy Spirit Speaks the Mind of Christ. We could have even put it, Holy Spirit leads by the mind of Christ. Maybe that's a better title. How about that? The Holy Spirit leads by the mind of Christ. Both work. And you know how often we, we hear, you know, when conversing with someone, you kind of pause for a moment and they tell, well, speak your mind. Speak your mind. The mind is to be given expression. And who gives expression to the mind of Christ? is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is speaking the mind of Christ. Let's go now to John 16. Before the way to John 16, I made reference to this verse, but I didn't look it up in 1 Corinthians 12, 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. He's one body. For by one spirit, here we are, the Holy Spirit. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek or Greeks, whether slaves or free and have all been made to drink. We've all been made to drink into one spirit. This is powerful. We've been all made to drink into one spirit. Well, what does the Holy Spirit do? His name is, you know, he's the advocate. He's the, the standby. He's the helper, the comforter. And all those words stem from that Greek word paraclete, which is to come alongside and to call out. 
He's a speaking spirit. The Holy Spirit is speaking. He leads us into truth. He is communicating. We look at John 16 that he's declaring the, the very thoughts and intent of Jesus. He is bringing to remembrance the words of Jesus. The Holy Spirit speaks. So no one has a right to say they can't hear the voice of God. If you are born again and you are a child of God, which we are, he lives in us and he speaks. But what, what is so beautiful here in this, in this last verse I read that we have all been made to drink into one spirit. How do we drink of the Holy Spirit? And we know he's referred to as water. He is the flow of God's mind. He, he allows the mind of Christ to be carried through him to us. How do we drink? By hearing his voice. By hearing his words, which is telling me words are a drink. And we know, we know that Jesus is the living word and that he shed his blood and broke his body for us. And if we eat of his body, which is the word of God, and drink of his blood, we are his disciples indeed. Well, the way we drink is we hear the words of the Holy Spirit. And as he speaks, he's filling us up. He's filling us up with courage. He's filling us up with joy. He's filling us up with hope. As we hear the words of the mind of Christ, that I'm for you, Desi, I'm for you. I'm working it out. I'm working out. It's going to work out for good for you. I'm, I'm leading you out. I'm leading you in triumph in Christ. It is I'm drinking and it's filling me up with strength to believe that is what faith is. It is the hearing of the word that is carried by the flow of the Holy Ghost as we drink of the Spirit. We are being strengthened and now we walk as just because why? We're walking by faith. We've so often looked at Joshua walk by faith, and I put it in myself, I think of my own moment. Okay, I'm, I'm the just because I know I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, so I qualify. I am the just. I believe Jesus. And through my faith, righteousness is imputed on me. I'm just. So now i got to walk by faith. We do walk by faith. The very fact we got born again, and when we abide in the word of God, this word is a drink to us that is building my man up, my spirit man, to be able to walk out. And that is what is declaring to the universe, I'm a just person. So God just shifted the emphasis, the just are qualified by their walk. The, the whole universe will say there goes a just one because the walk of the Spirit is marked in the Spirit. It is a, a walk that is led and carried by the waters of the Spirit. Oh. So you look different 
You look perfectly normal, though odd to many, in the spirit. It would look like Peter walking on the water. How bizarre was that and how did it stand out to anyone who would have watched that? Well, that is the walk of the Spirit. And we know from many teachings that as long as Peter believed the word of Jesus, for the Jesus come, as long as he latched onto the word, he could walk. But as soon as he surveyed the landscape, ah, it, the wind's boisterous, the waves are, are, are too big, I can't walk in this state. They're drowning. But the mercy of God is always there. Why? Because he always leads me in triumph in Christ. And at that moment, what did Christ do? He triumphed him up and out of that boisterous sea. So you mind? Yeah, there was a rebuke. Why do you doubt? But we have epistles that Peter wrote. That is a sign and a token that God in me is far greater than all my trip-ups all put together. That God in me is pure love and mercy. And that the voice of the Holy Ghost is my drink that is enabling me to be a partake of this divine, masterful body of Christ, this divine orchestration of God, this orchestra of instruments, of beauty releases, of, of aroma diffusers to create a glorious image of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of us fitly joined together. Then the world will be astounded and believe the truth of the word. Let's go to John 16. It's really where I was going to start. So I'm starting now. Okay, okay. Time is of no relevance. Glory be to God. Actually, we'll start at 15. John 15, 26. This is the last words of Jesus, really. And he just told us that he is the true vine and, and that he's in the Father and the Father is in him. And as we abide in, in, in him, then his love is abiding in us. And, and so he speaks that our joy be complete and full. And right after that, he says, the world will hate you. The world will hate your joy. The world will hate your persuasion. The world will hate that I live in you. After this glorious chapter 15, the beginning of it, midpoint, he finishes it off with the world's going to hate you. Because as in 18, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it. it, it if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. So don't worry, child. <laughs> I've walked this out. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. I've walked it out. They hated me before they hated you. And the reason they hate you is because they hate me, Jesus is saying. So don't fear. I'm greater than that. I've already overcome the world. Don't be troubled by it. But be of good cheer today. Why? Because I always would lead you by the power of the Holy Ghost. Always. Oh, in the face of that foul adverse, adverse wind, the adversary, a.k.a. Satan, defeated foe. That word always must be a real sting to him. I'm coming out because he always leads me. 
no matter how much they hate me. The world, that is. They hated Jesus first. And so then, let's go to then. Then at that moment, he starts bringing the comforter. So the context of the comforter is because we live in a world that hates Jesus. So this we have to be sober-minded about. Don't expect the world to embrace you until the Holy Ghost brings about a conviction that is glorious, that brought it to our hearts, that we now start believing a supernatural reality of the Lord Jesus Christ, and now His life takes residence in us. But up until that moment of the new birth, it's pure hatred, buddy. It's antagonism against the message of Christ. There is a, a foul spirit, the spirit of the world, the antichrist spirit, Satan himself, that is opposing. We watched Jesus with the Pharisees, the opposition. Did it deter Jesus from his mission? No. Was Jesus moved by it? No. Was Jesus forthright with them? Yes. They couldn't touch him. They tried to throw him over the brow of the hill. He just walked right through the crowd, huh? Glory be to God. When you are on a mission to be a fragrance diffuser of the knowledge of God, you are divinely preserved by the power of the Holy Ghost because he has a message to speak through you to the world. So the preservation is the Holy Spirit as I yield to my placement in the body of Christ. As I yield, I didn't go further in that particular verse about the baptism in the body of Christ and drinking of the drink of the Holy Spirit. But there it says that we've been, we, we, we are given an assignment. I, whether I'm a foot or I'm a mouth, I'm part of the body of Christ. So let's go back, put our eyes here, end of 15, John 15. He just told us, I mean, the very last ending of verse 25, before I go to 26, is they hated me without a cause. That's how you know it's spiritual. So often, you're like, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. I don't think I did anything wrong. And you start lifting through the pages of your moment. Did I do something wrong? Why did they hate me? No, it did nothing wrong. They hated Jesus without a cause because they hate life. The demons and everything stirred up by the demonic hate life. Eternal life, the very life of God, hates God. Verse 26, so right there, when he says they hate me without a cause, says, don't worry, you are getting a comforter. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father. So take note, he proceeds from the Father. His flow is from the Father. Well, yes, because Paul tells us that he's searching the mind of God, the depths of God, and that thought that he catches from God, it's proceeding now towards us. And that's what actually declaring means. I'll look up the word to declare when I come further down in verse 16. That it is proceeding. I'll pause on that. So let's go back to the verse. Sent to the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. 
and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. So the, the, the spirit that proceeds from the Father, he, which is the Holy Spirit, will testify of me, and you also, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. You know that word that he will testify? It's actually to bear witness. It's the very same word with in verse 27, to bear witness. They're the very same words. And so the Holy Spirit will take residence in us. And as he is declaring the truth of God, we in turn will do the very same. Why? Because we have the wide open door to the Holy Ghost to talk to us. And through us. When the message of Christ becomes religion is when we forget about the Holy Spirit. And it becomes a doing, a mental ascent of check this, check that. Okay, did I speak the truth, which means did I quote a verse? Um, oh, you know, I have to be against sin, so then I have to shun the sinner, and it becomes a very hard message. But the Holy Spirit is the gentlest of all. He's the very mercy of God towards us. He's the very lead into this triumph in Christ. Who is Christ? He is the Messiah who was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. He is the one that humbled himself. He is the one that was obedient unto death to the Father. The Holy Ghost was given by the lamb that was slain. It's not an arrogant spirit. It's a spirit of full submission to the will of God. And that's why he searches the Holy Ghost. We'll be teaching on the Holy Ghost. I have a witness. We'll be teaching on the Holy Ghost. And so the Holy Ghost is searching. It's searching. It's, he's searching. And as he finds the thought of God that the Lord is erecting him, the mind of Christ is an operation. He is submitting to that thought and he's bringing it to us. He does not speak of his own. Well, this is God. The Holy Spirit is God. God, God doesn't have two deferring opinions. So he will testify of me, and we now in turn will bear witness, which is the same word, to testify, because you have been with me from the beginning. Well, we know the Holy Ghost has been with him in the beginning. The three in one. And when we have the Holy Ghost in us, we have been with him from the beginning. Why? Because he foreknew us way back when. Oh, I'm not going to go there right now. These things I've spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills, look at this, whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. And these things they will do to you because they have what? Not known the Father nor me. 
But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. So now he's going to bring the Holy Spirit. But now I go away to him who sent me and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Because I've said these things to you, and really I can say it has hit your head. Sorrow has come up now. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, which means sorrow not. Don't, don't touch it with your carnal mind. Just believe my words. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, if I do not go away, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. So he had to die for this helper. The helper that God wanted to send to us from the very beginning, who was with God. The helper couldn't come until the blood was shed. Oh, until the body was broken, until sin was removed and obliterated, until there was a, a freedom to release the holiest of the holy, the one that was in that most holy place in the tabernacle of old, that one couldn't come until, until there was a broken body and a shed blood by the purest Messiah. So that now the very thoughts of God that Jesus is the very expression. He is the logos of God. He is the fullness of the expression of God. That now that expression is carried by the Holy Ghost. So we can be filled to overflowing and be a diffuser of the fragrance of this knowledge of God. The helper, we have a helper today. And then he says, I'll send him to you. And when he has come, he'll convict the world of sin. This is what he does. This is what he does. He convicts the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Judged. And that judgment rendered idle. All the works of Satan have been rendered inoperative. Because the ruler of this world is judged. It's a done deal. Verse 12, I still have many things to say. This is Jesus saying, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Because there's spiritual discernment, it requires, it requires a spiritual growth. It requires a maturity that Paul was attaining to. Forgetting always what was and pressing. It's always in the press that we discover this divine lead of triumph in Christ. Never give up this press. Just keep pressing in into this truth, keep pressing in and abiding in the truth of the word of God. Ha, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, this is it. 
This is it. She says, I have many things to tell you, but you can't bear it. You can't bear it. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I have a provision for you. I'm not going to leave you without the words being spoken to you. I'm not going to leave you as orphans without reminding me of my love for you. I'm not going to leave you alone in this world that hates you. No, you have a helper. You have a comforter. You have an advocate. You have, you have one that's walking in you, constantly bringing, bringing my words to you here. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you. That's the lead. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he'll tell you things to come. He'll glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare to you. One gauge, one gauge I've used by the Holy Ghost is show it to me. If when I'm communicating with someone, regardless of what the situation might be, and their conversation is not edifying to Jesus, they're not speaking of the Holy Spirit. They're not speaking from the Holy Spirit. If, 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 if there's antagonism against the name of Jesus, they're not of the Holy Spirit. They're not of the, they're not born again, children of God. You cannot be a born again child of God and not glorify the Son of God. The Holy Spirit always glorifies the Son. He proceeds from the Father. The Father so loved us, He gave His Son. Oh! That's why He's always glorifying the Son. This is the words of Jesus. He'll glorify me. And look, how is He going to glorify Jesus? How, how, how is the Holy Spirit going to glorify Jesus? He'll take of what is mine and declare it to you. The highest honor to the divine mind is that his word be heard by us. That's why we can't say we can't hear him. Because it's discrediting the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus by speaking the words of Jesus to us. He's speaking. Heed. Going back to last, last week's message. To heed the voice of God. Do not refuse the voice of God. You see, carnal mind. Then this goes back to two weeks' message. Two weeks prior when I talked about 2 Corinthians 10, be of the same Christ mind. I, I believe that's when I spoke on that. And we broke down 2 Corinthians 10 from verse 3 to about 6 to bring down strongholds, to cast down every vain imagination. And then when our obedience is complete, then we're ready to punish all disobedience. And the word disobedience was incomplete hearing. Incomplete hearing. That is disobedience. And so it's not a matter of him not speaking. It's a matter of us having incomplete hearing. And how do we complete the hearing? By abiding in the word and he will tune us in. So it's not about him not speaking. It's about us 
the carnal mind, the strongholds in the mind that are opposing the voice of God, that we have allowed the strongholds freedom to grow rather than destroying them and demolishing them. And when we bring down these strongholds, the voice of God is very clear. It's an ever-proceeding voice. It's an ever-flowing flow. And this is how he glorifies Jesus. Verse 15, all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said, therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. We'll finish with this verse. All things that the Father has are mine, Jesus says. All things, all things. Just like he said, in every place, we diffuse the knowledge of God. All things that the Father has are Jesus's. Therefore, I said that he would take of mine, of everything the Father has. And what? Declare it to you. Now, I wanted to read this word, declare. It's also translated as tell. Every, this is Strong's Concordance. Everything that belongs to the Father, everything that belongs to the Father, is mine. That is why I said that the Spirit will take from what is mine. And what? How does He give it to us? How does, how does he present it to us? By telling it to us. It's through words. How do we drink? Through the words he gives us. How do we have God? Through the words he gives us. So the hearing is very important in the heaven. Without a hearing of the voice of God, we cannot really fully enjoy the benefits of our inheritance in Christ. Because everything is given to us. Everything that belongs to God that is now the Lord Jesus's is given to us by the Spirit disclosing it to us. So there's one manner by which this is done. It is through the communication of the Spirit. And that's why he says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. You can't have anything of God if you don't hear of God. You can't even be born again if you don't hear. It's we heard the message of Christ that pricked our hearts. We recognize this is truth. We acknowledge the truth. We declared it. And we got born again. So I want to look at the word disclose because that's the key word as to how we receive. It is the strong three, one, two, anagello, anagello. It is to bring back word. It is to announce. It is to report, to declare. Keep in mind, this is how we receive from God. How do we receive from God? By hearing his voice. Every instruction to every heaven is through a word. Ah. Every instruction to every having is through a word. It's not me going in a little corner trying to figure out how am I going to get that? How is it going to? No, no, I, 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 I get quiet. I still myself, whether I'm driving or doing dishes, whatever the issue, whatever the moment is, 
I still myself and I hear, and when I hear, I have. The Father's goodness. Because he's a giver of good gifts. Bring back word. That's what the Holy Ghost does. He brings back word. He hears the mind of God. He searches it and brings back the word to us. And when he brings the word and we receive it, we have it. We have it. We have it. Because those that are born again that have received the Lord Jesus Christ, now they have the life of God. We are havers of life. We are havers of the words of God. We are havers of everything that's God's. How? Through the function of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. We're going to camp here for a while. I love the word study to this word. Enemies up. The two words is anagelo. From this one is enemies up. Completing a process. So then it becomes to declare. Properly tell all the way up. Clearly to declare through communication that shows it has cleared gone through its necessary stages. What I see in this is that it has to be lined up with truth. That which he brings out, it's pure truth. And so much so that the Father has honored his spirit by giving him the name, the spirit of truth. Because he only leads us in this right manner. He only bring up this word that is purely truth, that, that has gone through the process of testing like silver. That the word's been tested. Oh! And so when we do the word, because we are doers of the word now, when the, the time of judgment comes, and the fire of the judgment tests our works. That which was spurned by the word of God that we heard and we became that word in doing it, that will stand the test. But anything that's done out of our flesh will be what? Hay stubble and wood. Burn up. And so I'll finish by giving the title again, Holy Spirit speaks the mind of Christ, which is truth. And he's the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of truth. And he abides in us. And we're done for today. Thank you.